If you look around, you'll see the world can be pretty smart. Okay, very smart. At Capella University, we think education should be smart too. That's why we're reshaping online learning with our FlexPath format. You can set your own deadlines, take classes at your own pace, even leverage your previous experience to move faster. So when it comes to earning your bachelor's degree, you know what kind of choice to make. A smart one. Visit capella.edu to learn more. Capella University. Don't just learn, learn smarter. Welcome to this week's episode of the Inside Line Formula One podcast and my name is Mithila. Hi guys, my name is Kunal and it's the week before race week. Woohoo! Yes, yeah, so I'm I'm pretty sure that most of you would have binged on the season 2 of Drive to Survive already and are now like looking forward to the 2020 Australian Grand Prix. Yeah, but Kunal, I have to be honest here. I mean, I have been watching Drive to Survive and in fact I've watched quite a few episodes. And I love the storytelling, but I just zone out because it's like I already know what's going to happen. Well, you know, you probably belong to a very small set of fans who isn't hooked onto the show. I've seen only five episodes by now. I can tell you they are fun, and I will finish them before this weekend. I'm pretty <laughs> sure of that. Uh, to me, uh, you know, they tell a different story of Formula One. You know, and and I'll also put it this way: they also tell the Formula One story in a different way. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I completely agree with that, and I think the whole documentary concept is really good for the sport in attracting new fans. But you know, as someone who follows the sport so closely, somehow I'm not that enthused. I'm waiting for the real deal. Yes, the real deal is just a few <laughs> days away. But as long as you don't call out the new fans for liking Formula One only thanks to Drive to Survive, I think we're in a good place. Yeah, I mean, I'm very happy because more fans for Formula One means more listeners for the Inside Line Formula One podcast, and that is always a good thing, right? <laughs> always a marketer at heart, and always a Formula One lover at heart. Yes, I agree. And uh, before we tell you what we're going to discuss in this week's episode, Mithila, over to you. Let's follow the tradition we've actually started. I think it was an accident <laughs> or started in uh, 2020. Uh, what's the one thing you would like for our listeners to know about you? Yeah, actually, you know, Kunal, since this is the seventh episode we're doing this year, I think we can rephrase that question to like, what's the seventh thing you would like our listeners to know about you? <laughs> <laughs> Fine, what's the seventh thing or the best of the rest, as we all call it in Formula One? <laughs> Okay, uh, this is a toughie, but oh yeah, uh, I love reading and uh, I love writing. And in fact, I have written a book on the uh, city of Mumbai and the, you know, the cultural words that really define it, make it what it is. And the book was published by Harper Collins, and uh, it's called "Cutting Chai and Muskapau: The Way It's Said in Mumbai Only." And you guys are all welcome to read it. I actually read her book in twenty thirteen. It's fun. It's typically Bombaya type or Mumbai type, as we'd call it. Thank you, thank you. And you said you love reading. Any book you're currently reading that you'd like to share with us? You know, Kunal. Right now, I'm just trying to labor my way through Drive to Survive. Honestly. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I haven't got a book published to my name yet, but I've been writing on Formula One for over 15 years now. and my stories have been published in some really well read magazines like forbes and sports pro magazines and uh, my columns are now published uh, in um, you know in uh, on first post and i write about formula 1 and formula e 
I think when what I say... What a celebrity, Kunal. <laughs> no, but you know, usually when I say Formula E, people go unsubscribe. They write, <laughs> they write rude reviews for us. And they say, how can you talk about Formula E and MotoGP on a Formula 1 podcast? Well, I get the point, but we just are passionate about motorsport, right? Yeah. But uh, I also have a blog to my name. It's called Kunal's F1 Blog. It's been around since literally 10 years now. And you guys are... Welcome to subscribe and read it. Much like you're welcome to subscribe to the Inside Line F1 podcast on Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, Spotify, Castbox, and everywhere else on the internet. Awesome. So let's get to business. I had a really oh, long opening. Stint, you did, but. right? Anyway, guys, for this episode, it's a really exciting episode, actually. So uh, since the 2020 season is fast approaching, Kunal and I, and as we all all know, we love making predictions and we make amazing predictions, actually. Yes, I will still harp about that one prediction, which we got bang on target, which was Max Verstappen winning on debut with Red Bull Racing. Yeah. We all know what year this was. We all know what race this was. That was a was. pretty kick-ass one. But anyway, since we're so good at predictions, Kunal and I decided to make our own list of predictions for 2020. And uh, so, you know, a few hours before we started recording, we just sat down and exchanged lists to make sure that there are no repeats and that... Uh, yeah, we also made sure we had 10 you know, predictions each, which means that we actually have 20 predictions to talk about that don't repeat itself. Ooh. And, uh, you know, I can assure you that there are some really bizarre predictions that are there. That's because... all Kunal's handiwork, guys. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, we just wanted to make sure that if you're going to say 20, we'll probably just make sure they don't repeat. In fact, uh, it was also me who suggested that instead of 20, let's actually increase the list of predictions to 2022. Because, you know, we may not have 22 races in 2020, but at least let's have 22 predictions, right? Yeah. So basically, and long story short, guys, we have 22 awesome, ridiculous predictions for y'all for 2020. And I think you'll find that they're going to come true more often than not. And I'm also going to suggest that Mithila keeps account of the list of predictions as we go by, because 22 is pretty much a long number. <laughs> How convenient. <laughs> yeah, I mean, listen, you're the one who said oh, it's one of, it's a dream to actually hold the lap board for one of the Formula One drivers at some point. I'm just making sure you get good practice. Yeah, I know how to count if that's what you're wondering, but okay. Oh, well, I'm just trying to fuel your ambition. Yeah, if this episode goes on for like you took too long, I'm just going to skip a few numbers and then Kunal, you cannot hold me to it because like, don't say I didn't warn you. Well, I get this feeling. This is going to be our longest episode yet, but let's see where we land up. Okay, cool. So the first prediction, uh, we will have 22 races in 2020, but it's not going to be as easy or as straightforward because somehow Liberty Media will have to figure out a way to hold the rounds that are affected by the coronavirus. You know, I honestly feel for Liberty Media. They paid billions for Formula One only a few years ago. You know, they're just about starting to understand the sport and the business and, you know, sort of getting a better grip on all moving variables. But... You know, there are just so many new variables coming time and again, like, for example, the coronavirus and now, you know, the Ferrari engine controversy, you know, the rules for 2021 are still unsigned, as are the commercial terms. It's like, you know, they're constantly fighting a, a movie. It it's never like, ends. Yeah, the goalpost is sort of moving each time they're trying to score a goal, right? I And I wish for 22 races to happen, but I honestly doubt that we will have 22 races you know, unless Formula One sort of hosts uh, two races at the same venue or, you know, has is forced to host uh, TV-only Formula One races, you know, where the race is conducted in a closed environment 
for television broadcast only and so on. Yeah, I think one of the most fun suggestions was sent to us via Facebook page. And that was that Formula One should host an e-sports race uh, with their existing drivers as the 22nd and last race. And Kunal, I can totally imagine like Max Verstappen jumping and uh, putting his hand up to say, yes, that's a great idea. Not just him. I'm sure all the young drivers, you know, Lando Norris included, you know. They love competing on these games. Yeah, they keep doing it all the <laughs> yeah. time. And it would be like watching live stream of Twitch from what I understand. But I'm just, I just remembered Max Verstappen crashed while leading, uh, you know, the 12, 12 hours of Bathurst on iRacing. And this was in the off season. So I really hope that this was his first and last crash while racing in 2020, right? So up next on the list, the second on the list of predictions for 2020, Ferrari, they're going to be world champions. Whoa. So as you guys can imagine, this was the first point on Kunal's list. And I guess I'm not the only one who was surprised and shocked. And I was like, (laughs) Kunal, what are you thinking? (laughs) You know, I think they've just overdone the whole sandbagging thing in preseason testing. And uh, they've already, you know, they already have the preseason testing stat working in their favor. You know, that stat which has been highly publicized that the team that has stopped preseason testing from 2010 to 2019 has never won the world championship that year. I really think that they have the stat going in their favor. And in 2020... Mercedes actually were fastest in the preseason tests, as you guys all know. But Kunal, that's exactly why I think Mercedes will go unchallenged. And they're going to rewrite the statistic for the new era. And I mean, I... I, of course, I hope that Mercedes, they're put under some pressure. And uh, honestly, I don't care who wins as long as we have a really good fight. Uh, but I still think Mercedes are the ones who are going to clinch the world championship. You may not be too far off the mark, especially yeah. given you know how Mercedes has landed up so prepared for the preseason tests. Yeah, by the way, they did not pursue a two-spec approach in 2020. You know... I was actually tracking to see if they would actually do that because they did this in 2019 and people are pretty shocked that here that there are teams that usually prepare one car uh, to, you know, pursue for the season. And Mercedes had two car approaches for 2019. But, you know, frankly, for 2020, most teams are involuntarily going to be working on a two-spec approach. They'll be working on the race cars for 2020 and race cars for 2021 with the new rules as well. Uh, Maybe Mercedes... uh, didn't want to show off by working on a three-spec approach or something. <laughs> yeah, but they did build the dual-axis steering, uh, even if it's for use in only this one season. But I guess that's their way of showing, you know, how committed they are to winning their seventh consecutive title in Formula One. But I think uh, the smartest team for 2020 is Racing Point. They realized that, you know, no one paid heed to their complaints about Haas uh, copying Ferrari's cars. So they used a classic management mantra. If you can't beat them... Join them, right? And that's how we have a pink Mercedes on the grid. And we're going to have two car- two of those cars lining up in Australia as well. Yeah. And, you know, Kunal, you think Ferrari will be champions. But here, Racing Point, they're actually so confident that they're faster than Ferrari. So I'm waiting to see how that one rolls. Well, the third prediction is actually about Ferrari's power unit. Okay. Uh, we all know that there have been so many controversies around the unit last year and just before the start of this season. I get this feeling that uh, they're going to be in all clear despite all the controversial judgments and the private settlements and so on. And uh, I think that it's just going to be settled neutrally. Ferrari will not be found guilty of whatever it is. 
you know yeah kunal i'm just hoping that your list of predictions isn't like a list of parody predictions for 2020 <laughs> because increasingly that's what it seems like to me you, you know but i'll be serious about one point i think that the hybrid power hybrid turbo power units have become so complicated that the fia are struggling to govern the rules around them it's almost like uh, you know there's uh, there's not going to be any satisfactory ruling around ferrari's judgments and the controversies you know uh, and it's like if i don't have the right tools to sort of prove that ferrari uh, you know what they did in 2019 was probably illegal right and if you see the fia's official statement it actually hints towards this that they are incapable of you know doing proper governance without spending too much time and money and uh, it could also be and again i i know a lot of people think ferrari have just blatantly cheated and you know paid their way out of it but it could also be that ferrari have probably found a solution around their power unit that nobody else thought of so lots of ifs and buts out here and this is exactly like mercedes's dual axis steering you know that you mentioned a few minutes ago it's innovation and sure. maybe ferrari innovated on their engine in a way that the fi don't know if that innovation is legal or not no that's a good point but you know kunal in that entire ruling it was the words private settlement that actually bothered me uh, i mean i feel like that maybe there's something not so straightforward for the fi to disqualify ferrari straight away uh but either way i think that the inquiries into ferrari's power units they did lead to some revisions in the rules yes technical and directives as we yes, call them yes and yeah. and this is where it all gets very very complicated <laughs> and that is why i am going to make a public statement for this podcast that we will no longer speak about ferrari's power unit on this episode because <laughs> its technicality is literally not as fun as the other content we have to discuss so right. let's so, move on yes let's move on yes what have you got yeah But but wait, I just have to say one more thing that I think my only wish in this entire fiasco is that all dealings should be made public. So this private bullshit, nah, not working. Bullshit. Yeah, that's what we call it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, up next is uh, my prediction for the 2021 Formula 1 season. I'm pretty certain that through 2020 we will read that all 10 teams have signed up to race in 2021 in the new era of Formula 1 that we're all so looking forward to. Yeah, that's an interesting prediction, Kunal, because Gene Haas has already made a statement that if Haas's performances don't match up in the early races of 2020, he might not commit to a future in Formula One. You know, frankly, Haas F1 team will be missed if they leave the sport. I mean, Gunther Steiner is quite a character, as are Romain Grosjean and Kevin Magnussen. I would miss them if they go. I would too, and you know, if nothing else, I want Haas to be around for season three of Drive to Survive. <laughs> I mean, I think Netflix will just have a separate spin-off show only for Haas. You know how like Joey had his own show after <laughs> Friends ended. That's what I feel. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, Gene Haas' statement just means that Haas, they're literally driving to survive in 2020. Well, that sounds pretty prophetic to me, you know. Yeah. And uh, honestly, I think that if there were signs of an exit uh, by any team for 2021, Formula One would have already known and, uh, you know, they would have figured a way to deal with it. and maybe formula 1 is just waiting for the right time to make all the announcements you know about teams having signed up commercial agreements in place and all of that and uh, not that i believe all teams have signed up i'm just saying that i don't think there's going to be much of an issue yet 
for us to see 20 cars racing next season as well i also believe that in 2020 and 2021 we might hear more uh, manufacturers choosing formula e over formula 1 possible yeah like bmw they ruled out formula 1 despite the budget cap and porsche they went and joined formula e despite having worked on their hybrid turbo uh, hybrid turbo power unit and you know honda has actually expressed uh, that electrification of the power unit is the main reason behind their short term commitments to formula 1 so maybe honda is going to be the next manufacturer that joins formula e of course they could run dual programs like a lot of other manufacturers do they could but kunal if there's one manufacturer that may not be joining formula e anytime soon it's aston martin uh, because when uh, lawrence stroll and his friends bought the company one of the first areas of investment they stopped was actually the development of aston martin's electric car what a shame yeah yes what a shame just when electric cars are getting so much more fun to drive in advanced aston martin's not going to have an electric car on their priority list unless Lance Stroll moves to formula e. <laughs> <laughs> okay the fifth point on this list of 22 predictions for 2020 alexander albon i have a feeling he's going to see out the full season with red bull racing in 2020 and he's actually going to get a few podiums along the way as well yeah i think you're on your own with this prediction because i predicted that pierre gasly would make a comeback to red bull racing in 2020 uh and uh, at least that's what i think kunal and you know actually apart from the car and all the other technical parts red bull racing will have to change the driver numbers on the letter heads as well because they've got 23 and 33 printed on the letter heads i'm sure that's what you noticed when they put out the joint team statement I did. you know <laughs> they had charge on written uh, you know as as the hashtag and so on but i think red bull just have their you know driver numbers on the letterhead just to constantly serve as a reminder that oh it's these two drivers who are driving for us today at least you know <laughs> given just how frequently driver changes have happened there <laughs> that's true and in fact speaking of red bull racing i'll stick with them for our sixth prediction i predict that max verstappen will win the uh, race at zandvoort if the race happens and if the race happens we'll be there to see it in person i think all of formula 1 will go crazy when that actually happens it's the one single reason why the dutch grand prix is actually back on the calendar to see max verstappen win in front of his dutch fans at home because at the moment he's been winning across european races in front of the dutch fans now they're just wanting him to do it at home because everyone makes a lot of money with that right and i'm also excited to see a banked corner make its way back into formula 1 it's like you know finally we have a fast flowing historical classic circuit you know re- resuming on the calendar and we don't have you know one of those herman dilke designs back right yeah but my seventh prediction is also on red bull racing or maybe on toro rosso or actually no on alpha tauri right <laughs> uh i believe that they they will actually have a driver change for 2021 and red bull racing will give either yuri vips uh, who's racing in super formula or yuki zanoda or jehan daruwala who are actually racing uh, in formula 2 a chance in 2021 that's a bold prediction kunal in early days but let's see how this this prediction holds up uh anyway my next prediction it involves red bull racing and ferrari and uh, kunal i'm going to predict that 2020 is going to build on the rivalry between max verstappen and charles leclerc i just hope that they have some really competitive machinery at their disposal Yeah, I mean, you know, I'll take that a step further and I think that it's not just going to be, you know, Max Verstappen and Charles Leclerc. I think it's going to be a battle between their pit crews and their strategists as well. And this is one area where Red Bull Racing are just so difficult to beat, right? 
they they've almost never made a bad pit stop that i can remember but uh, talking of rivalries yes uh, i'm also eager to see how lewis hamilton continues to tackle the verstappen and leclerc challenge right uh, hamilton let's remember guys he is still the driver to beat and i really wonder if 2020 is when the baton would be exchanged between hamilton and his successor yeah kunal i'm tempted to say that his successors will come close but i'm very uh, confident that we'll see lewis hamilton take his seventh world title uh, by the way congrats to lewis hamilton for sharing his laureus award with lionel messi that was pretty awesome yeah lionel messi is pretty lucky to have shared it with lewis hamilton <laughs> i'll put it that way right but hamilton's already started 2020 with winning laurels and accolades and let's see just how much more and what more he wins and finishes 2020 with okay but uh, next prediction uh, my prediction is that daniel ricardo will resign for renault in 2021 i don't mean resign but resign uh, it probably will be a one year extension with the hope that something changes for 2022 yeah i feel like he's going to be stuck with renault you mean he's not stuck already yeah or... he's going to continue to be stuck with renault <laughs> and he's also going to be feeling increasingly frustrated at renault at least that's my prediction you know to me the toughest challenge for any formula 1 driver is making the correct team choice And in the case of Daniel Ricciardo he's made two bad choices actually he left Red Bull Racing which we all know and the second is that he chose Renault over McLaren uh, and this was revealed in the Drive to Survive season 2 and that's how we all know as well and I'm not surprised he went speaking to McLaren as well right but I just remembered a quote and it's it goes like uh, we are all but a victim of our choices yeah kunal that's not exactly how the quote goes but you know what we'll just give it a skip because this is not a wellness podcast thank you because I couldn't have said it any differently <laughs> that's how I remember it But again, the next prediction is, and what number is this? This is the, the ninth prediction. We're not even halfway <laughs> there yet. You got to buck up. I can imagine yeah. that you're. Is that what you're writing away <laughs> on your pad? But this is like our longest podcast ever. So Kunal, please pay me double for this episode. Come on. <laughs> oh yeah, the double of zero is still zero. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you know your math. Yeah, because you know I'm anyway going to earn less from you because of all the race postponements and cancellations and all of that. And yes, our contract is per episode and the episode can be for as long as we want it to be or I want it to be if I may put it that way, right? Damn it. I suddenly <laughs> feel like Daniel Ricardo. <laughs> Frustrated, stuck and helpless. <laughs> anyway, what's your next prediction? Well, uh, it involves the strolls or land stroll to be particular. I think he's going to figure a way to remain eliminated in Q1 on Saturdays and then keep reminding us that points are distributed on the race or uh, uh, in the race on Sunday. Yeah, and I think 2020 is going to be uh, a true challenge for the Strolls. You know, especially if the car is as good as Andrew Green has been saying that like he's been going on and on about racing points package. So, let's see if the car is as fast as they hope it to be and if Lance Stroll can actually deliver. But here's a fun fact for all our listeners from countries that play cricket. You know the bat and ball sport. Uh, Andrew Green's favorite sport is cricket. He's a fast bowler, and I've had some really interesting discussions with him about swing bowling because that includes aerodynamics as well. And uh, Andrew Green is a former colleague of mine from Force India. Just that he stayed on while I moved on. So. That's a fun fact. Fun fact. Anyway, my next prediction, uh, our tenth prediction on this podcast, it involves Lando Norris actually. Uh, so Norris said he, that he wants to be more focused on his racing and you know just less humorous in 2020, more serious, all of that. 
But Kunal, I get a feeling that this serious Lando Norris is not going to appear in 2020. And I really hope that it doesn't because... You know, Norris's un-McLaren-like image is what makes him so likable in the first place. And uh, not to mention that he's a quick racer. He's a great personality even on radio. I love his radio messages. He is super I mean, fun. his accent can be a little uh, different at times. You know, you'll hear it as broken instead of broken and so on. But he's just a lot of uh, energy and I, I wish he continues the way that he has been, you know, in his debut season. And for 2020, Kunal, I'm going to predict a stronger battle between Lando Norris and Carlos Sainz. And I don't just mean the meme wars, you know. (laughs) Because I think uh, Lando is going to be beating Sainz far more regularly and their rivalry will be far more evenly matched than it was in 2019. I hope so, because, you know, two drivers pushing each other is always going to do well for McLaren. But my next prediction involves a McLaren driver, actually a former McLaren driver who's also their latest recruit, Fernando Alonso. He's going to be racing for them in Indy 500, but I do not think that Alonso's coming back to Formula 1 in 2021 or 2022. Uh, Guys, speaking of Fernando Alonso, we actually discussed him at great length in our last episode. And it's an interesting one. You all should tune in. And Kunal, it will be embarrassing for the former world champion. But I think it's time to move on, you know, for Formula One's sake, for our sake in this episode and not talk about Alonso again. Okay, what's next? Yes. So my next prediction, this is prediction number 12. It involves the one and only, the fabulous Kimi Raikkonen. (laughs) And uh, Kunal, I hate to say this, but I have this horrible feeling that he's going to retire at the end of the season. Uh, you don't I mean, have to speak softly just because he's going to retire. Like, I know. Let I, your I, energy I, levels be. <laughs> I'm, I'm already in mourning, you know, because I would love for Raikkonen to keep racing for like a few more years or decades or I don't know, centuries <laughs> and <laughs> keep pursuing this hobby of his. But I feel like he might leave in 2020 at the end of the season. At you least. know, I actually have the exact opposite feeling. I have a feeling Kimi Raikkonen will continue maybe just for another year. You know, race in the new era of Formula One that everyone's so looking forward to. He seems fit. He seems like he's become more fun. I love attending his media sessions. He's fast. And Alfa Romeo haven't yet found a driver who beats Kimi Raikkonen, right? That so. is true. That's going to be a tough one. And I really hope that Fred Vasseur is listening and the team, uh, they do what it takes to retain Kimi Raikkonen because honestly, there ain't no one like him. But, you know, frankly, I hope... Alfa Romeo is also planning for Kimi Raikkonen's successor because at the moment, Antonio Giovinazzi isn't up to the mark or, you know, he's not taken the step up to being a team leader. Plus, Mick Schumacher could be making his debut with Alfa Romeo in Formula 1 in 2021. Of course, no guarantees yet. It all depends how Mick performs in Formula 2. But uh, I don't know if we could actually see a Mick uh, Schumacher and Kimi Raikkonen pairing at Alfa Romeo in 2021. Or if I could actually make a, a very unlikely prediction pairing, it could be Mick Schumacher with Nico Hulkenberg at Alfa Romeo in 2021. Kunal, that would be very interesting to see Nico Hulkenberg back in the spot. And you know what? That's actually going to be our next prediction. Prediction number 13, that uh, Hulkenberg will return in 2021. It could be with Haas and you're even predicting with Alfa Romeo. Yes. I mean, I don't see a place for him anywhere else because Racing Point, McLaren, Renault, they all seem locked on. And of course, he's probably not going to go back to Renault after the disasters that they've been through together. So the only real possibility for me could be Haas. And That tells me that Haas is actually the 14th prediction on our list. I believe that they will stay in Formula 1. 
I believe that they will score better results in 2020. And I believe that they will have more drama in 2020. <laughs> but they will have a driver change in 2021. That's what I also believe. I'm just wondering if it's going to be Grosha or Magnussen on their way out. Uh, Kunal, who do you think will go? Because I know that the most common answer is going to be Romain Grosha. Yeah, I mean, it seems like the most common answer. And yeah. Unfortunately, I don't know why, but he's somehow the most hated driver out there. <laughs> he's the most picked on. But you know what? It could also be Kevin Magnussen because he's been saying this time and again that he's not in Formula One just to fill up the numbers. He wants to be fighting at the front. So maybe that's going to be a trigger for him for 2021. You know, to me, one of the most striking factors amongst all the drama in Drive to Survive was that Haas took the blame for their troubles in 2019 upon themselves as a team and didn't pin it on either driver and fire them. And I think that just shows heart. So hats off to Gunther Steiner and Gene Haas for being human in an otherwise machine-driven world. Well, that's a very interesting way to describe the F1 paddock and what it actually is. Thank you. Yes. Okay, uh, next up, our 15th prediction. And this one's for Valtteri Bottas. We will see a Bottas 3.0 version in 2020. That is the prediction. You know, that's actually a very quick version upgrade because we saw <laughs> Bottas 2.0 in just 2019. But I can just hope that the 3.0 version isn't the bearded version that we saw on Mercedes's social media handles in the winter break. I mean, I enjoyed it, <laughs> yeah. but it was so Viking of him to oh, just show up like Viking. that. <laughs> but you know what? I think Bottas 3.0 is going to make life bloody difficult for Lewis Hamilton, but he'll still get beaten eventually. <laughs> well, I think Bottas 3.0 will still get a year's extension with Mercedes. It will be a year's extension Basically, he'll race for Mercedes in 2021. And as much as I'd love to see Lewis Hamilton be challenged by a faster and younger teammate in Mercedes, I sort of agree with Mercedes's reasons to, you know, not change a winning team combination. Okay, great. So, Kunal, this takes me to our 16th prediction. And that is, Mercedes will stay in Formula 1 post-2020. And, you know, this is despite all the talk over the winter break about whether Mercedes will renew and uh, whether Toto Wolff and Hamilton will actually stay on at Mercedes. But I think we'll see the trio just retain their relationship. You know, I think the big move in the driver's market for 2020 will be triggered by Sebastian Vettel. And that's 17th prediction of our list of 22 predictions. And I'm predicting that he will renew with Ferrari for at least two more years. Yeah, I honestly believe that Vettel's renewal is going to be really exciting for all of us. Except maybe Daniel Ricciardo. <laughs> but I think we're going to see like a new Sebastian Vettel. And, you know, someone who's not constantly trying to prove himself against Leclerc. Uh, but just proving himself to himself, if you know what I mean. Yeah, that's what he actually needs to do, right? Yeah, and I sh I'm sure that his confidence, uh, it would have taken a real beating in the last few seasons. So I hope he just, you know, resurrects himself. And in all honestly, honesty, I would love to see a Vettel versus Hamilton battle as well. But Kunal, I think we're well past that stage now. Ouch, that's such an easy write-off. But I, I mean, I tend to agree <laughs> with you. I mean, I also would love to see Vettel move to Red Bull Racing because that would be a brilliant reunion. And, uh, you know, he gave a hint a few weeks ago when he said that there was a German who found life in Formula One even after racing several years for Ferrari. We all know who he's talking about, his, his childhood hero, Michael Schumacher. And there's actually, it's not even a secret uh, anymore that Sebastian Vettel is Christian Horner's favorite driver. And in fact, 
Christian Horner didn't even try hiding this fact whatsoever in the Netflix show when he's, you know, seen uh, sitting on his uh, dinner table with his family and he's talking to his kids and they're tr- he's trying to ask who their favorite driver is. <laughs> that was is. a fun scene. I, I think several of them said uh, Vettel. <laughs> I think his daughter said Sebastian, Sebastian Vettel. Yes. <laughs> anyway, you know, whether it is at Ferrari or Red Bull Racing or somewhere else, I'm really eager to see how and if Vettel can finally rise up to the challenge, you know, thrown up by the young guns in Formula One. Right, so my 18th prediction is for Pirelli. 2020 will be their 11th season in Formula 1. But despite that, no one will be pleased with their tyres. Lewis Hamilton, even more so. That's how it is for Pirelli, right? And Formula 1 could actually rerun some of Hamilton's radio messages from 2019. And we yet wouldn't know the difference. I mean, apart from the visual difference of the cars. But that's that's unfortunately where Pirelli is stuck. It's so bad because, you know, I feel bad for Pirelli. They're like in this typical client-agency relationship where Pirelli keep trying to deliver to the brief and they succeed. But everyone's still unhappy and complaining and just pinning all blame on them. But Kunal, let's see how the 18-inch tyres end up in Formula 2. And, you know, from the pre-season testing footage that I've been seeing, I quite liked how they look, actually. Yeah, I mean, I know you've been tracking Jehan Daruwala's performance. I have. Yeah, and he's been pretty impressive. He was topping the timing sheets for a lot of sessions. So I'm really excited to see how he does in his debut season in Formula 2. Awesome. So prediction number 19 on that list you know, of it, it really seems like you're now counting down, you know, just to go faster to the end and end it at 22. <laughs> you know, it's like when, you know, one's doing a plank for a minute and it's like the last 10 seconds of the minute seem the longest. Aww. That's how you sound. <laughs> I'm not suffering if that's what you're asking. I'm no, actually enjoying this episode. <laughs> <laughs> In fact, I know a lot of our listeners have been writing to us about longer episodes. So guys, you have it. We will just not stop talking today. Yeah. Yes. Anyway, so my prediction, uh, number 19, is that George Russell is going to finally score a point. And uh, that Williams are not going to be as bad as they were in 2019. Like, they won't finish last. Yes, but George Russell will whitewash Nicholas Latifi. That's my prediction. He'll actually make a record of sorts. You know, two seasons back-to-back where a rookie driver or a new driver has heavily skewed statistics against his teammate. He did that to Kubica last year and he's probably going to do that to Latifi this year. But frankly, I really wonder what Mercedes' plan for George Russell is because I don't think that giving him a third season with Williams is actually fair. In which case, could they actually put him in the Mercedes car in 2021 instead of Valtteri Bottas? And for that, of course, they need balls of steel like Red Bull Racing do. Yeah. Uh, You know, Kunal, for all my love of Formula One's history, I'd just love to see Williams bounce back uh, the way McLaren seemed to be. And speaking of McLaren, that's actually number 20 in our list of 22 predictions. Uh, We're getting there. We're closing in. Yes. yes, I hope you guys are still tuned in, (laughs) cheering us along. (laughs) Yes. And I know we spoke about McLaren earlier as well, but it was specifically about uh, Norris and Alonso. But this time for McLaren. I think that they will only build further in 2020 as a team, as a brand and a business. And I predict that they will score a podium and we'll actually get them see, get to see them on the podium uh, legitimately. Yeah, not as a gimmick. Well, your prediction is that McLaren will be on the podium. My prediction is that we will still miss McLaren on the TV feed in 2020. Uh, I still feel that they'll be faster than the midfield, but not as fast as the top three teams. And this is where the TV directors will be struggling to find their cars in the races on Sunday 
Oops. Mark my words, guys. <laughs> I remember how most of us would realize that McLaren had had a good race only like two or three ra- days after the race <laughs> ended, and then we'd see the videos on social media, and we'd be like, "Oh, that was a good race." Talking of social media, my twenty-first prediction is that TikTok will take the world of Formula One by storm. Frankly, I have no idea what that app is all about. but i'm just reading up bits and pieces about it that's yeah, all yeah kunal but i have to correct you it's not just an app it's a medium it's a platform it's a lot of fun all i know is that lewis hamilton is considering joining tiktok and i am not i have actually made a decision that i'm not <laughs> going to join but uh, i also know that red bull racing is the first team on TikTok, so they pretty much made the first move. Yeah, I'm, I, uh, Kunal, I can totally predict which is going to be the last team to join TikTok. Okay, I'm yeah. not going to ask you. <laughs> <laughs> But I, I agree. I think we will see a TikTok revolution in Formula One in 2020. Can you imagine seeing Formula One drivers dancing to music tunes? And I know Charles Leclerc is also a great <laughs> dancer and so on, but. I don't know. It just seems so weird. Kunal, you have like a week to get acquainted. Okay, well, so you gotta be. Yeah, you know, as long as Twitter is the first choice of medium for the teams and drivers to relay all their important information, I'm pretty okay. I don't really have to. You know, it's like I don't have to read all the newspapers to get my dose of news. I'm happy reading the one I read and just move on from there. Okay, fine. That's going to be your choice, but I'm still going to tempt you from time to time with you know videos of drivers dancing and all of that. But anyway, this brings us to our 22nd and final prediction for 2020. We Woo-hoo! made it. We made it. You know, a few minutes more, and our podcast is going to be as long as a Formula E race. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But uh, so our 22nd prediction, guys, we predict that we will actually have a fun season all along. Uh, Mercedes's dominance in pre-season testing and all their new innovations—they could be indicators that they're going to dominate yet another season. But I just get this feeling that we're going to see a bunched-up grid from the first few season uh, races of the season itself. And I think it's going to be unlike last year when we saw Mercedes score like successive one-two finishes and just generally be unstoppable. Yeah, I mean, I hope it's entertaining. Like you, beyond a point, I really don't care who wins as long as we get a good fight. all along the grid and i mean all along the grid like you know i'll be honest i enjoyed watching pastor maldonado win his race in 2012 as well oh and lance stroll snuck onto the podium yeah <laughs> i we, we loved those fights so you know while we make fun of a lot of teams and drivers eventually all we want is a good fight and uh, we want to see the best driver win and uh, that's also the general feeling i get for 2020 as well that it's going to be a fun season you know before we enter the unknown 2021 Uh, either way, we've actually made a lot of predictions. Let's see which ones hold up and which ones don't. Right? Awesome. So, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for tuning in, and we really hope that you loved all our predictions. Y'all can write in and share some of your own predictions, or just tell us, uh, you know, which ones y'all agree with and which ones y'all don't. Actually, from our list. yes, We and thank you, bad. thank you also for remaining tuned in till the very end. I know, not getting sick of us. Well, okay, thank you. That's that's the cue. I need to end this episode. Thank you for tuning in. Uh, we'll see you next week. It's going to be race week, so just a few more days before all the madness begins. Adios. Adios. If you look around, you'll see the world can be pretty smart. Okay, very smart. 
At Capella University, we think education should be smart too. That's why we're reshaping online learning with our FlexPath format. You can set your own deadlines, take classes at your own pace, even leverage your previous experience to move faster. So when it comes to earning your bachelor's degree, you know what kind of choice to make. A smart one. Visit capella.edu to learn more. Capella University. Don't just learn, learn smarter.